Good afternoon. You are listening to WMUA 91.1 Amherst. Welcome to Undercurrents. My name is Jenny. I'll be with you for the next half hour. Our guests today in our virtual studio are two organizers with the organization Swing Left of Greater Boston. I'd like to welcome Susan Labandabar and Jeff Lobo, as I said, Swing Left of Greater Boston to Undercurrents. So great to see you folks. Um, and thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, Susan, I'll ask you to, to kick off our discussion. Can you start by telling listeners what is Swing Left Greater Boston? Sure. Well, Swing Left is a national organization and it was started in 2017 after the founder realized that he really didn't know how he could impact the elections given the fact that he was actually in Amherst, Massachusetts and didn't know where he could um, find the congressional district that was the most uh, likely to be flipped. And it turned out that that was in New York 19 and it was, it was drivable. And, but it took him about two and a half hours to figure that out. So he thought, well, gee, wouldn't it be great if we had like some kind of a map where people could find the closest congressional district for them to work on and that was how Swing Left started. And um, I joined Swing Left in June of 2018. And I, uh, I took on this role called uh, Regional Organizing Coordinator, which is a volunteer position. But uh, very quickly, I found out that there was so much energy and so many volunteers that wanted to take action. Um, especially because winning in the midterms was increasingly seen as being an absolutely critical uh, barrier to uh, Trump's presidency, uh, that, that I just couldn't do it all myself. So um, I started this thing called Swing Left Greater Boston, which really was not so much like a grassroots, an ordinary grassroots group, but it was a group of people that were committed to helping other volunteers take effective action. And, uh, and so that's, that's how it grew. And we did a lot of super collaborative things. Like we created a shared calendar where everyone's events were posted, not just our group, but everyone across the state of Massachusetts that was doing something for the midterm elections. And we had a newsletter that listed everyone's events. And, and uh, we offered help to all different organizations across New England. So that, that was how Swing Left Greater Boston uh, started. Now uh, Swing Left Greater Boston is becoming its own organization. We're changing our name to Swing Blue Alliance and we're the largest grassroots group of its kind in New England. We have over 16,000 people on our mailing list. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had more than 5,000 people that opened our newsletter. And in the run up to the 2020 elections, we took over 3.5 million actions. So we're, we're, pretty, we're pretty big and, um, and we have a structure that is basically a bunch of internal volunteers who kind of do kind of all the operations. And then we have hosts and these hosts are doing things like running phone banks or uh, doing letter writing parties and distribution events, or in the old days before COVID, um, actually going to swing states and, and knocking on doors and also uh, voter protection. So 
maybe you could give us a, a couple of examples of, I forget, you said some large number of actions that <laughs> um, the organization has been involved in. And you just kind of very briefly mentioned a few, but tell us like, you know, specific um, actions that you've worked on. What were you trying to pass healthcare bill? Were you trying to get so-and-so elected? Let's be a little specific. Okay, that's a good idea. Yeah, so, so Swing Left, after we um, helped uh, take back the house in 2018, we set our sights on, um, on taking back all the houses, which is uh, the White House, the Senate, and keeping, um, and, and obviously keeping the House of Representatives. And uh, so in 2019, when the election seemed really far away, we focused on registering Democratic-leaning uh, voters. And toward the end of that time, um, we had a, a wonderful win. We, we helped um, flip the, the uh, Virginia um, uh, House of Delegates and the state legislature. And that was in November of 2019. But by that time, Swing Left Greater Boston had started doing its own activities that were separate from Swing Left. And one of the things that we had, were doing was sending applications to voters in Florida to, to encourage them to vote by mail. So these were a two-part postcard. And basically you would address it to the voter, you would explain um, you know, how it was easy and convenient to vote by mail. And then there was an application that was actually a tear off. And you could just, the voter could just fill out the application. It was already pre-stamped and just send it right in. So it was tremendously convenient to the voter. That was long before anyone had heard of COVID. Uh, but needless to say, once, um, once COVID hit, people started to realize that vote by mail was an extremely important part of protecting our elections. And, uh, um, and so we already had a lot of experience sending vote by mail postcards. And so we expanded that operation quite, quite rapidly. And uh, we, we sent these um, postcards and also letters in Florida, in Iowa, in Pennsylvania, and uh, a little bit in North Carolina. No, I have kind of two questions I wanted to ask. Um, one is what, how do you pick out the districts? What districts have you picked as a target and have, for example, any of them been in New England? And also what are, to support a candidate, what are the kind of platform issues that you look at? Mm. Um, well, so Swing Left is, uh, is, we follow what Swing Left's philosophy is, which is that we are into flipping. We, we just want to um, uh, actually take control of our federal government uh, and we look at the best ways to do that. So we are pretty agnostic when it comes to policy issues. We really just work to elect Democrats. Um, and then in terms of New England states, uh, it, it, uh, it depends on the cycle. So in, uh, in 2018, we had targeted um, uh, several districts in, in New England, uh, one in New Hampshire and one in Maine. And, uh, but in, in 2020, we had pretty much turned New England almost entirely blue. And there was one glaring exception. And that was, of course, Susan Collins' Senate seat. So uh, our main team focused exclusively on, um, on trying to, uh, 
to elect Sarah Gideon, who was um, uh, Susan Collins' opponent. Okay, let's go take a sidestep, open questions for either of you, Jeff or Susan. Um, what do you think happened in Maine this past election mm. in terms of the Senate? Well, Jeff, I, I, I know Jeff was primarily um, at that time while, while the Maine team was, um, was working on deposing Susan Collins, Jeff was focused on, on Florida. So Jeff, I'd be happy to uh, see if you wanted to take that question, but I, uh, I, I'm happy to have you take it. I was very focused on Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so what happened in, um, in Maine uh, is, is in, a, in a way, is kind of what happened in um, kind of microcosm of what happened in a lot of places. Our expectations were a little overblown. Uh, I think there was, um, you know, polling that was just too optimistic. And so we thought we had more of a chance than we really did. I mean, that was, that was you know, the kind of um, the power of incumbency um, is, you know, is very substantial, especially uh, for someone like Susan Collins, who is truly a Mainer. Um, she was born in Caribou, Maine, and has uh, by many, in many respects, served her constituents well in the sense that she has brought home the bacon. And this is something that is very uh, important to Mainers, especially Mainers in, in the second congressional district or in, in all across rural Maine, where people are really struggling. Then let's just follow up on that one more question. Um, I wonder if you could, if, what's actually better for these people? I would kind of, in what way are they struggling? And the flip side of that is what can be done to make a more progressive um, candidate seem appealing? You know, these, um, well, there's a lot of rural districts in the United States and we saw that in the election. Yeah, and, and actually the news from rural America is not entirely uh, bad. Uh, there, there are studies that show that um, progressive, there's a lot of progressive um, programs that are appealing to rural voters. But there's also a huge trust factor, um, and uh, and that certainly came into play in the in the main in the Susan Collins uh, election. Um, so uh, I, I think what can be done first of all, uh, people are not um, there. There are many different kinds of Maine voters as there are across the country, and uh, the the message that Susan Collins um, has to go certainly resonated with, with a lot of people, especially in, especially there are a lot of progressive people in Maine. Um, so there was a huge kind of, uh, gap between people who understood how important it was, um, not only for Maine, but for the country not to reelect Susan Collins. But, um, uh, there were also uh, a huge number of people who, uh, 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 you know, who were proud of Susan Collins and her accomplishments, um, in, in the federal government. And, uh, and I think it would have been very difficult to convince them not to vote for Susan Collins. There were a lot of people, actually 75% uh, of all Mainers have at one point or another voted for Susan Collins. And th that's just a very tough hill to climb. So let's switch over to a different part of the country. Jeff, I wonder um, if you can tell us a little bit about what you were doing in Florida 
um, feel okay. like? Um, I, I, I'll tell you from the beginning, I, I had done no more than knock on a few doors in 2018 in North Carolina before this, I was living there then. Um, I got involved with Swing Left Greater Boston actually first by writing postcards in, in about May. And then I felt like I needed to stretch a little bit. Um, so I started attending phone banks and calling. Um, and then uh, in the middle of the summer, I started to host phone banks. And then I don't remember checking the box that got me into coordinating phone banks, but um, I was asked by um, you know some one of the uh, phone bank coordinators and and one of the state coordinators to uh, if I would join and help to build up build out the phone banking uh, set of events and uh, we, that involved training hosts to be able to serve the volunteers that showed up um, and and really a lot of a lot of it's about trying to make sure that um, everyone's sort of comfortable all along the way and it's easy for them because. Uh, I experienced the, the anxiety of picking up a phone and calling someone I didn't know um, and, and found out it, was, it actually wasn't that bad. But getting that first step uh, taken is I think really important and making it easy for, for the volunteers is uh, you know, one of the best things I can do. Well, that's a great lead. And I've done a little bit of phone calling myself and I'll say, I really dislike it but because of what you just described. So. What kind of responses did your um, your group of volunteers or phone callers get? It's really, I mean, it was across, really across the board. There's a wide range. We had, in some sense, uh, an easy phone banking uh, objective because we were targeting entirely calling Democrats. So um, we got, you know, the, you you do run into a, a registered Democrats that aren't supportive of the, uh, of the Biden-Harris ticket. But um, for the most part, they were friendly calls. So we would, um, we, uh, frankly, you, get, you just get a lot of calls of people who are very firm. I know I, how I want to vote. Um, you get responses of people who, um, you know, I've already set my absentee ballot in or my mail ballot in. Um, but, and those are, those are great calls. You know, you're talking to people who are friendly and on the same side. But then, the, you know, the best ones are things like, um, one of our callers uh, spoke to a woman who was distraught because her, I think it was a 90 something year old mother uh, who's on oxygen and couldn't really couldn't leave the house, um, uh, had a problem with her mail ballot and didn't know how to get it cured. And we, uh, you know, working with the caller, we managed to get them in touch with our voter protection people to have someone show up at their uh, door and, and cure the ballot in person. So you get, and that's, I mean, that's, extremely fulfilling uh, to have those sorts of things happen. So um, since you mentioned the voter protection program, tell us a little bit about that. Susan, yeah, I, I can tell you, you know, my, my perspective on it. I actually um, set up and ran some phone banks I, I, kind of on a freelance basis to uh, recruit uh, poll watchers. Um, during during the election in August for a while before I got too busy, um, but um, I know the, they're really doing the full range of things from you know to make it possible for people to vote and to have their vote count. So um, you know the, the ballot, ballot cure is one of them. Um, if people have run it, we run hotlines um, 
in order to uh, help, or, or we or we contribute volunteers to hotlines that others are running um, to give people a place to ask questions if they run into problems or just they don't understand whether there's a barrier to vote or not. Um, what, am, what am I missing, Susan? I'm probably missing a few things. Oh, oh, go ahead, Susan. Sorry. Well, uh, no, I think you're you're really hitting some of the highlights. I mean, we we were so lucky to have earned the trust of of our partners in Florida early on, and they did ask us to do things that we never dreamed that we would be asked to do. So, for example, we actually uh, created a help desk of um, people who uh, were assisting attorneys that, to use the ticketing system that the attorneys used for voter protection. And, um, and so like every step of the way, it was not like what you would think at all. Um, we, were, we were like really working shoulder to shoulder with, um, with people in, you know, in the Florida Democratic Party and especially at the county level. And that was not something that, that I expected. Um, you know, you feel so isolated, uh, you know, here in New England and not really knowing, well, what can I actually do? Um, watching Trump on television, I want to do something, but what really can I do? Yeah, I can send $20, but, but what else can I do? And, and so I think, you know, what we, what we were really surprised to see is, is how much of a difference we could make and how much the people that we were working with on the ground appreciated our help um, and, and how much pe when people started volunteering for Swing Left Greater Boston, how often they just continued right up until the end because um, once they started feeling like they were making a difference, they couldn't not volunteer. They wanted to just keep doing it um, you know, because every time you turned on the TV, that was like our recruiting um, agent because, uh, you know, you'd watch it and it's like, I'm not going to watch this news. I'd rather actually contact a voter and, and help them solve a problem so that they can vote, you know, and voter protection was one of the most popular um, activities that we offered. I, I would just add, we had, you know, very similar uh, approach and, uh, it, when we were dealing with the phone banking, we were we were working directly with um, you know senior people at the county with the county of the Democrats. They um, really appreciated what we were doing. They accept you know they would accept feedback from us um, as to what we were hearing from the voters that we were talking to. Um, and I, I didn't appreciate getting into this that you could be that close to the process from here. Um, it was it, it was really fulfilling, and we're trying to do the same thing in Georgia now. Well, I did want to ask, move on to Georgia. Um, so why don't we do that? There was one more question I was going to ask, but if I think of it, I'll, I'll bring it back. So tell us, so Georgia, what's, what are the stakes in Georgia and what is your approach? Jeff? Um, well, we all, we all know the stakes. When we, when we do our training presentations, we tend to have a slide that talks about why we're doing this and uh, the it's so much in the news that we don't really need to talk about that very much. So we're, but we're, um, we're, we're doing on the phone banks we're running right now, um, of course, the two Senate runoffs, um, and we're trying to make sure that people, uh, common misconceptions that we're hearing about, such as people thinking they can only vote for one Senator, um, get, get cleared up with voters. Um, we're also actually um, helping in one in Forsyth County, 
we're helping them to uh, get down ballot votes for uh, the public Ser service commissioner, which is not something we would even know about, but they asked us to do it. And so that actually has been probably where we've been adding uh, a significant amount of value also because we're talking to voters that don't even know that that election's on the ballot. So, um, but we're, so I, I got to take a step back. We've been doing two things. One is we've been trying to find opportunities um, for our volunteers to really contribute. Um, and we, so we've looked at a lot of different partners. We've worked with several different partners that are uh, not the Democratic uh, parties um, in, in Georgia. Um, now we have finally uh, found some good partnering opportunities, as I say, with Forsyth County. Um, we're talking to the Carolyn Bordeaux campaign as a partner. Um, and um, in those cases, we're now we're, we're, uh, we're either following up on letters that Swing Left Greater Boston volunteers wrote with applications for absentee ballots, um, or we are doing uh, voting plans to make sure people do get out to vote. You know, if people make a plan, they're much more likely to vote. So part of this process then, which I don't think I had fully appreciated, is identifying local organizations to partner with, to work with. Yes, that's right. And um, I mean, I, my, you know, my experience of, of just a few months is um, I would really be supportive, most supportive of uh, the local Democrats directly, um, particularly in a place like Georgia, where um, you certainly find that some of the local county parties um, have been building, but they need to keep building and, and we can help them with that. We can give them experience or, um, you know, they can take advantage of our experience um, just like we take advantage of, of their advice about how to talk to their voters. Okay. So now there's the question of impact. Um, from the various comments that both of you have made, I mean, just the fact that volunteers want to keep on doing rather than stop doing this, seems like volunteers are getting positive feedback. What's your sense in terms of the impact of these efforts? And let's talk about these tough states, um, Georgia and Florida for example? Well, um, you know, analyzing impact is, is obviously a, a, a really big topic. Um, I, you, the first thing to know about impact is that you can only have so much impact. Uh, it, the, you know, there's, there are these uh, overarching trends that, um, that determine um, in, in large measure whether uh, how elections are, are won and lost. Uh, we're operating on a margin of about 4%. Um, that's what they call the field margin. So that is the, uh, the, the margin of people who, who our actions could potentially impact. Now, it doesn't sound like much, but um, especially when it comes to down ballot rate, well, maybe it does after 2020, maybe it does sound like a lot, but uh, you know, it, 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 it can really make a, make, make a huge difference. And I think people know that. Um, you know, one thing that's happened is that as, as volunteers uh, get better and better at volunteering at elections, they have a better sense of what to expect. Um, and they're becoming better and better at it, which is really good news for us because Democrats really do, uh, would be lost without volunteers. Uh, we're a very volunteer driven um, part, political party. Um, but we also have a research department 
And we study uh, what we do. And uh, while we haven't had much of an opportunity to study foreign banking yet, um, we have studied quite extensively the postcard mailings and letter mailings that we do. And we've found that because we're offering uh, voters something of value, which is a, an application to request an absentee ballot, that um, it does tend to be quite effective. Yeah, sure, some voters um, are savvy enough to go online and get their own um, absentee ballot application, but some aren't. And some don't even have broadband or access to a computer. Um, and we've done them in different languages. Uh, and so we're reducing barriers for people to register um, to vote by mail. And we know that um, uh, when people register to vote by mail, they're, they're more likely to vote. And we have been holding aside randomized control groups for many of our mailings. And we're seeing consistent statistically significant results in terms of impact on turnout. Great. Well, we have um, about four minutes left in the show. If you've tuned in recently um, here on Undercurrents, our guests in the uh, virtual studio are two organizers from Swing Left of Greater Boston, I'm Jeff Lobo and Susan Labandabar. And the last couple of minutes, I wanna push back a little bit on the platform issues. So um, let's just go conceptually now for a little bit. We're not, uh, rather than um, a party is a party is a party, both the Republicans and the Democrats have done probably most, from my point of view, mostly negative things historically in the US. Every so often there's a, a positive thing um, that, that creeps up. What are your platform goals? What do you well, I, yeah, I, let, let me let me explain this more clearly, because I do think I owe you an explanation. Um, uh, and I'll tell you a little story. Um, as as you know, we Florida turned out to be the only state um, that was very close in 2016 that actually moved in the wrong direction. It moved. Uh, it became more re Republican with this election. And um, and we were starting to see, you know, hear from our partners on the ground, things that were happening that, that really kind of had a, almost a chilling effect on the vote. Um, people uh, uh, using, you know, weaponizing the, you know, masks and the not wearing of masks and showing up at county committee, uh, commissioners hearings and, and, uh, and grandstanding about, um, about their right not to wear a mask. Um, and uh, um, people selling uh, MAGA paraphernalia by the side of the road. Uh, and, you know, small, you know, these parades, these huge Trump parades. Um, and uh, so there, there, is, um, there is a sense that um, the, you know, that, that, that the Democratic Party at the grassroots level just needs help, you know? It's the basic block and tackle of, you know, can we communicate with, you know, can we figure out who is a Democrat? Can we get, make sure that they're registered? Can we get them an, an absentee ballot request? Um, 
you know, those are, those are the things that, that we're helping um, people at the grassroots level who are volunteers like us do. And, um, and, and it is not really, in my opinion, um, our place being people who come from a blue state where um, we have healthcare, we have a minimum wage that's, uh, that's much higher than, um, well, of course now Florida does have a, um, a higher minimum wage, but you know, that we enjoy all of the security that we have here. And uh, it's not really up to us to um, try to intervene in terms of policy platforms um, in states like, like Florida, for example. Um, you know, we're just gonna help them um, with the basic process of voting and hopefully strengthen the Democratic Party by doing that. All right, that was a, a great summary. Um, I, I wish I had asked you the question earlier so we would have had more time to talk, talk about that, but um, thank you for sharing all this information with us. Um, that just about wraps up undercurrents for this evening now. Um, our guests today were Susan and Jeff, organizers of Swing Left Greater Boston. Thank you for tuning in to Undercurrents and you're tuned to WMUA 91.1 in Amherst.